When I think about all the talks that I've heard, and there have been quite a few, and the books that I've read, and the podcasts I've listened to, and the conferences I've been to, as well as the talks that I've given, and there have been a fair few of those too, and the multiple times I've read through the Bible, it all comes down to one word. And I don't know what you would summarise as the one word. If you say uh, it's the love of God, you can't have that because that's more than one word. Um, so for me, it's summarised in one word, which we need to have up on the screen, please, in a second. It'll come. But that one word is <coughs> surrender. Now, it may not be what you put in there, but hopefully it'll make sense by the time we get there, uh, by the time we've finished. We respond to the unconditional, never-ending, completely encompassing love of God, the Father, and everything that he's done for us, including what Jesus did on the cross and his resurrection. And my response is surrender. And that's why I put that one word in there. Just as Jesus surrendered everything on the cross, not just on the cross, but right the way through his life, I surrender everything to him. And I do that out of gratitude because of his love, not trying to please him, not trying to gain his favour, not trying to make him love me more, because that's impossible. It's not out of religious conformity. It's simply a response to his love that I surrender. Jesus lived out of and because of the love of the Father and so he lived in total surrender. And it's the same for me. At least I want it to be. Uh, uh, it needs to be, doesn't it? The cross and resurrection for us are a place of new life and freedom. And surrender is a place of new life and freedom. So let's go on to the next slide there, please. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. If you've read your Bible a few times, it's probably very familiar. But it says you must have the same attitude. Doesn't come out very bold there, but it's the same attitude that Jesus had. Though he was God, he didn't think of equality with God something to cling to or something to hold on to. Not that he was grasping for it, something that was out of his reach. It was something that was his and he chose not to hold on to it. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself even further. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, the place of highest honour, and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And Jesus didn't do that in order to get the glory. He did it because that was the right response. That was the only way to live. Uh, but when we do that, there is the promise of sharing God's glory as well. We're not called to live as... Uh, uh, to grovel before God. We surrender, but he calls us to come and live in his blessing. And you see that. I mentioned earlier the, 
the blessing of Abraham. I will bless you so that you can be a blessing. That is a blessing for all God's people. All nations will be blessed through you, was the blessing to Abraham. And I believe you see that right the way through Scripture. And so God, the way God wants to bless each one of us will be different. God's calling on each of our lives will be different. Um, but as we surrender, that is opened up. And it leads to that same place of honour with God. And it, eternally, we know that that's going to be becoming like God himself, which is completely beyond my comprehension. I find that the more I surrender to the love of the Father, the more things start to come into alignment, the more things that I don't understand start to make sense. I find peace, I find joy. And when I surrender everything to Jesus, it includes everything. It's my identity, my beliefs, my desires, my relationships, my sexuality, my finances, my work, my play. It's absolutely everything. And then without it then being a struggle, my life comes into alignment with God in every area. I start to think his thoughts. I start to feel his heart. I find his resources. I find his solutions to problems. And thinking starts to become prayer rather than just uh, prayer being an activity of something that, as a good Christian, I ought to do. But because if I can get to that place of complete surrender, then every thought becomes a prayer. As you can imagine, I'm still working on that big time. It's much easier to say it than it is to do it. And it's a, a lifelong project for all of us. For those of you who remember the six seasons of spiritual growth that we've looked at before, I think this describes what season six looks like. Um, I've not been aware of meeting anybody who's got through to season six. Um, but I think we get glimpses of it, of that kind of unity with God that, that Jesus had. Uh, that, that place of complete surrender and complete peace and complete joy. Surrender to Jesus is something we do when we first come to him. It's something that we do every day. And it's something that comes with a particular focus from time to time. So when we first come to Jesus and begin new life with him, when we're born again, there has to be surrender of some description. <laughs> In fact, the more the better, really. And that's what repentance means, isn't it? It means to stop following our own way and to follow his way instead. So there has to be surrender there. We surrender our lives to him. We don't just add Jesus as another thing to our lives, like adding another app onto our phone. It's a completely new phone, a completely new operating system. Some of the apps may look similar, but actually their whole way of operating and their outcome will be different. When people surrender to Jesus well at conversion, there's often a radical change in their lives overnight. You may have experienced that yourself. You may have seen that in other people. That things in their lives just immediately change as well as there being other things that we need to work on through the rest of life. So it's something that happens at conversion. It's also something that we do daily. A daily relationship of walking with God again just like Jesus did. 
Every morning I do some stretches for my back. I need to do those to keep it moving. And one of those is the prayer stretch. And uh, it's a really good stretch for my back. And as I do it, I surrender as I bow on the floor before God. And uh, the stretch only takes 20 seconds, so it's not you know, a hugely long thing that I do, but uh, there's a prayer in there every day. Jesus, I surrender to you. I surrender, Father, to your love. Uh, there may be particular things that come to mind that I surrender, but it, it gets me in the right mindset at the beginning of the day. And um, if you're like me, though, it's very easy to stand up and take back everything that you've just surrendered. I mean, that's our human nature, isn't it? That we really want to be able to give God everything, but everything within us rebels against that and pulls us in the opposite direction. But it's, it's that relational thing every day. And then there are times when God, in his incredible love and mercy, particularly highlights something that he would like to deal with. And although that may feel very uncomfortable for us, it's an opportunity for us to find more healing and freedom. And at any of those points, whether it's a conversion or not conversion, or daily or these other things that God deals with, we can either fight him or we can surrender with him. We can deal with the thing that God is highlighting. Uh, but once again, the result for us is healing and freedom. And God will bring us those opportunities from time to time. And uh, his grace is always there for us to be able to deal with what he's asking us to deal with. But in all those situations, we have the choice of either fighting God or cooperating with him. So some of you may be asking, how might I recognise if I'm not fully surrendered to God? Well, an obvious one to me is that what I believe doesn't fit with what the Bible says. The Bible is our foundation of faith and everything we need for our faith is revealed there. If the Bible says you should not and we translate that, we interpret that to say actually you can, it's okay, God didn't really mean that, then we have a problem. And so when we look at Bible night, we will come across some situations like that where God challenges us, he challenges our thinking, he challenges our assumptions, our beliefs, and he certainly challenges our culture because culture moves in the opposite direction to God. We tend to superimpose our agenda over what the Bible says. It's very easy to do that. Our human nature causes us to do it, but also pressure from society pushes us and manipulates us to move away from what the Bible says. That's exactly what happened in the story of Adam and Eve, isn't it? They were tempted by Satan. Did God really say? Did God really mean that? And that's where rebellion against God begins. Questioning what he said with the agenda of disobedience rather than finding the truth so that we can find that place of radical surrender to him. Are we looking in the Bible for get-out clauses that will excuse our sinful behaviour and our conformity with society? Or are we open to the Bible challenging us 
to the very centre of our being and the centre of the core of our beliefs so that we can live in total surrender with God. You and I are just as human as Adam and Eve were. We face the same battle. Another example that uh, we might find of not being fully surrendered is seeing the opposite in our lives of the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, you're probably familiar with this next one, Galatians 5.22. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. So if I see things in my life like jealousy or greed or anxiety or selfishness or addictive behaviour or aggression... You can add to that ugly list. It means that I have the opportunity to surrender and receive more of the life of Jesus. Again, it's not about religious conformity. It's about entering into the blessing that God has for us. When God sees those things in our lives, uh, he's not angry with us. I don't know how you feel, whether your assumption is that when you do something wrong, that God is angry, that he's punishing you, that he's judging you. All of that was dealt with when Jesus died on the cross. God only sees us as his beloved children who need to grow up a bit, who need a bit more maturity, who need a bit more health in their lives. But there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because Jesus took all the condemnation on the cross all the judgment, and so that that means that all that is left for us now is new life as we surrender to the love of the Father. It's a place of freedom. And so we have to tell those voices in our heads and in our hearts to shut up and go away because that is not the truth. Should we give the Bible final say? If I can have our last slide, please, Julian. Uh, using the message translation Ephesians 3.14. My response, Paul says, is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who parcels out all heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his Spirit. Not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. So if you'd like to just close your eyes and let's invite him in. And the kids can do this as well. We do this occasionally at Explorers, don't we? we? We close our eyes and we ask God to come. And Jesus, we want to surrender afresh to your incredible love for us. We want to surrender to uh, the way that you reveal the Father's love to us. We surrender to the fact that there is no condemnation. There is no judgment. There is no criticism for those who surrendered their lives to you. And we ask that where we have uh, entertained those negative thoughts, 
that you would take those away, that you would heal us so that we're free. That where we've entertained those things that are not the fruit of the Spirit, that you'd forgive us. Thank you that forgiveness is already there on the cross. Thank you that you've forgiven us, but we need to receive that. So please help us to receive your love and your mercy, your forgiveness, to receive your grace, to receive your blessing, your bounty, a deeper walk with you, a deeper understanding of who you are, a deeper understanding of who you've made us to be, that that richness that Paul prays about there would be true for us in our lives, that the resurrection power of Jesus would be released in our lives today and every day this week and every day this month. Jesus, we thank you for the cross, for the blood that sets us free. We thank you that there is no condemnation and we choose to live in that place of acceptance, of welcome. We thank you, Jesus, that you are our brother as well as being our bridegroom. We thank you that we are heirs of the Father, that we are joint heirs with the Son of every blessing that you have for us. And Jesus, you know how, how weak we are, how difficult we find this, how unspiritual we feel a lot of the time, at least I do. And we really need your help. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you come. That you come and fill us. That you come and touch us each week. Whether we're doing a prayer stretch in the morning or whether we're off doing other things. That you'd make us attentive to you. That you'd remind us that you're there. And that you'd release your blessing upon us. That you would draw us to that place of complete contentment in our walk with you, that place of complete joy and of complete confidence in our walk with you. Thank you that you're for us, that you're not against us. And we say yes to all of that. steadfast love of the Lord never ceases his mercies never come to an end they are new every morning great is your faithfulness I think the last thing is that God wants to remind you that he is always there Jesus said I will never leave you nor forsake you and there are no exceptions to never. He is always there whether we feel him or not. So we can always turn to him and receive from him. Jesus, thank you for these incredible promises and blessings that you give us. <clears throat>
So in Jesus' name I bless you. I bless you in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. I bless you as his child, the one that he is absolutely potty about, that he delights in. I bless you with an awareness that he loves to hear your voice, that he loves to see your face. He loves it when you turn to him, even if you're a bit muddy at the time. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.